Welcome. Thank you for joining Discipleship Conditioning. My name is Dan Miller. I've enjoyed being with you these previous two episodes. This is episode three, February 28th, 2023. As we always like to do, let's open the show with prayer requests. Please send them to prayer at erratphysiology.com. My family and I would like to pray for you if you have requests. Uh, please genuinely do that. Uh, no, no prayers too large, no prayers too small. Uh, this is something I started doing as an educator. I actually started passing out attendance forms. And at the bottom of the attendance form, uh, among other things, was prayer requests. And uh, I was surprised, to say the least, how many students submitted prayer requests. And so I know they're out there, and I know prayer works. So if you have prayer requests, please send them. As a reminder of our mission, uh, we serve men who have ever felt persecuted over their God-given qualities. Again, I don't want that to be limited to just men. Uh, I want to serve brothers and sisters, but I speak as the host of the show uh, from a male perspective. And so naturally, men are going to be better served And perhaps women will be served in uh, the men that they're looking for or the men that they're currently with in directing them to the podcast um, or just being more educated on the male brain and and how things work. Uh, My experience is highly academic, so there's going to be a lot of science in this show. Um, Little of that has come out already. More will come in the future. And we can talk about some of those neurological differences and and uh, how the human brain works and those sorts of things. So uh, I am at your service. The My job in this show is to uh, share with me uh, what I have from my experiences, from my academic experience, from my Bible study, from everything. Uh, I hope that this show exists for a long time, perhaps even long after I'm gone. Uh, in, in, in a way that an author will have a book that remains uh, long after his or her death, um, I hope this podcast remains. And so that information that I've learned over the course of my years can be shared with others. Uh, because if not, they, they die with me. I was just talking to my wife, Amanda, about this last night. We both have experiences. And if we just keep those experiences within... Uh, sure, it's great to learn from those experiences and apply our lives uh, in a different manner going forward. However, other people could be benefiting from our stories, and so we need to share them. So through our anecdotal experience and the scholastic truth of the Bible, we teach how God's Word impacts every facet of our lives. Because it's as simple as that. God's Word does impact every facet of our lives. Um, I was at dinner a few months ago with a friend uh, and his wife, and his wife said uh, something to the effect that I think we all can agree that the Bible has inconsistencies. And uh, although I probably didn't handle that conversation moving forward the way that I should have because I was offended, and I was um, uh, kind of put in a defense mode, which um, is a me issue, not a her issue. It's something I need to... Uh, to work on. Uh, It was something that I adamantly uh, disagreed with. However, at the surface level, uh, if there's not much time spent in the Word, uh, the Word is a very confusing uh, set of books. And uh, God's Word is not easily discerned by anyone. 
there are people that have been in the Bible every day for the last 50 years who still have questions. And so from a loving point of view, I can look back on that conversation and understand a little bit more of where she was coming from and understand that, you know, to a beginner, to someone that hasn't been in it much, uh, it may seem like things contradict, but they don't. Uh, and hopefully we'll get a chance to talk about some of those um, apparent uh, contradictions as we move forward uh, for future podcasts. And we are faced with the problem of societal influence outweighing biblical influence, which leads to our succumbing of evil tactics intended to destroy us. There's a couple of analogies here. Uh, I like the frog is boiling in water. Um, I feel like sin has been dialed up little by little uh, over the course of our lives. Uh, no matter what age you are, it's, it's, it's apparent throughout history, uh, specifically speaking to U.S. history. And uh, I like the analogy of the teeter-totter as well, where on a daily basis, I need to be doing as much biblical input as worldly input. And most of us, myself included, uh, especially during football season, can sit there and watch uh, four to eight hours of TV like it's just normal. And it does become normal. Um, but when there's that much worldly input, it's really difficult to outweigh that with biblical input uh, because very few of us are willing to spend four to eight hours a day uh, in the Bible. And uh, hopefully this podcast will influence you to, to change that habit. And truth be told, it'll influence me to change that habit. In fact, this podcast is part of that for me. It's, it's a way that I can um, be in the Word every third day, and truth be told, every, every day as I prepare for this podcast, but at minimum every third day uh, as I share my experiences and I reflect on God's Word. Today we're going to be talking about Colossians 3, 1 through 10. Uh, it's, you can look at the entire book. I mean, obviously with any book in the Bible, you, I recommend it all. In fact, the reason why I title each episode a date and then a section of scripture is because I'm, I want to encourage you to go look at that section of scripture. Originally, I'd titled this Colossians 3, 1 through 17, but there's just there's so much in there that this show would probably be an hour and a half long uh, if I were to do that. Even one through ten, I'm kind of skipping through a few sections to get through what we need to. Um, otherwise, this show's just going to go on all morning long. So, um, anyways, uh, please look at Colossians three one through ten, and please look at the entire chapter of three. 1 through 17 is really specific to the new self that we're talking about today. Uh, and, it, and it allows me a passage of telling my story, or at least bits of my story, as it applies to Colossians 3, 1 through 10. So we aim to serve brothers and sisters with authenticity through our calling in ministry as teachers. No matter how many hiccups I have, how many mistakes I make, whatever happens, the desk moves, chair rocks, I'm not going to edit those things out. Now, I have found a really cool software that makes editing super easy, and uh, I'm going to use that for transcripts, but I'm still going to stick with not editing, uh, even though I found a software that makes it super easy. Perhaps when I start making videos, um, I want to post some videos on like Rumble and YouTube about 
you know, the strength and conditioning fact of the day or the anatomy fact of the day, those sorts of things. And uh, at that point in time, I'll probably use that software to help with editing because it, it edits video as well. But for now, I'm going to use it for um, transcribing what I say word for word. And so if you go to the website, erratphysiology.com, you'll see our articles section, and then you'll see all the articles that have been posted in the past along with this new podcast. And every day there's a podcast. I also post an article that has the show notes, um, but then also I will add to it when I go through this process, the uh, transcripts of each of each podcast. So that way you can read through them and reflect back on something embedded in each of those pages will be a player uh, for the podcast. So you can listen to it as you go and sort of read along if you'd like. That's something that I expect to complete probably in the next 15 to 30 days. Uh, and, and then at which point it'll just become part of the process in between shows. Um, the next morning after the show, we'll all work on transcription. Whereas the previous morning before the show, I'm working on prep uh, for the show. As we've also mentioned, we are self-sponsored, erratphysiology.com. There we offer blog-style articles, uh, which is what I just talked about. I am debating on whether or not to include vlogs. Uh, I have a tendency to overwhelm myself and put too much on my plate. In fact, yesterday I succumbed to just this incredible tension headache. And uh, for me, it's a I know my body very well, and so it's a flare like, you're pushing it too hard, you're doing too much, you're asking too much of yourself, you need to cut it down a little bit. And that's a good reminder for me because, again, I tend to push things way too far in terms of what I demand myself to do. And for me, the struggle has always been trimming things down to what matters most. I'll give you a brief example. In academia, when I would write a paper, if I was to write a 10-page paper, I'd write a 30-page paper. And it was more of a struggle for me to cut it down to 10 pages than it was to write the 30 pages. But it's a necessity because if you go through the 30 pages, you realize there's about 15 to 20 pages worth of fluff and where I'm saying the same thing over and over and over again. In fact, if you speak with those who are involved in my life five plus years ago, they would probably say that's the number one complaint they have about me. The number one annoyance is that I repeat myself over and over and over again. Hopefully as I age, I'm losing that habit and I'm being more concise. And I think yesterday's tension headache was a warning that, hey, we need to make sure we're focusing on what matters most. And so I'm, I'm praying about whether or not to include vlogs. I don't want to get too lost in this marketing process in YouTube and uh, Facebook and everything else. I do want to promote things, but... I believe that if it's God's will for this podcast to be successful, it will happen. And I believe that will happen through a calling in your heart. If you feel called to support this, if you feel called uh, to share this, there's a number of ways that you can help us out. Um, we don't have the reach that you do social media wise. Uh, we can post things on social media, but if you know, five, 10% of people don't repost that and then have five to 10% of their population repost that it, it doesn't spread. And people aren't inclined to share things. People aren't inclined to support things, but it's the easiest thing you can do that costs you no money. If you feel that this podcast is a support, support to you, um, every video show you see, please subscribe, please rate all that stuff. 
yada yada. I'm not going to get lost in that marketing, but do know that it helps the podcast grow. And if it's helped you, it's going to help somebody else. And so if you can't go online to airretphysiology.com and donate uh, to our cause or to purchase one of our products, or more specifically, you don't feel called to, we respect that. That's completely fine. We don't want you to if you don't feel called to. Um, But if you don't feel called in that area, but you do feel called to share this because it's helping you, we ask that you please do that. I mentioned donations. We write nonfiction books. Um, We have a series of books on the website that we have not written, and they are listed as a donation. A couple days ago, I found out I had an error in this. I had listed them as just a $5 item. And when you checked out, that would apply taxes to it, where with donations, that shouldn't be the case. I've solved the issue, so if you go on there, you'll see that there's multiple options, $5, $25, $100, etc. So a person can select a donation uh, for that specific title. And I've done that for two reasons. One, it allows you to, to provide a donation if you want to support what we're doing. Two, it also gives you a vote because that donation will tie in with a specific title. And so that will go down as a vote for that book. And when enough votes or enough financial contribution is made uh, of around $500 or so to a specific title, uh, we will begin writing that title and hopefully wrap that up in, in a matter of months. We offer strength and conditioning programs. I've been writing programs since 2012. They're on there if you have athletes in your family uh, or if you are associated with any athletic team. uh, We have programs that you can look into there. Uh, We are also creating courses. Um, The main focus from here forward is going to be anatomy and physiology courses. However, the existing courses we have are not anatomy and physiology. They are translations of the Bible. They are how to build a workout program. And there's one other one that I have that I'm forgetting right now. Oh, yes. Uh, APA format um, for students writing. This is a faith-based podcast. This is another thing that we offer. Uh, We also offer discipleship conditioning where we meet with people and we disciple them. Uh, We have a link on our website to send us a message and get something scheduled so that we can either meet with you in person or we can uh, set up a a face-to-face Teams meeting uh, through the computer so that we can disciple you. We have a summer camp. This will be for local individuals in the Boise, Idaho area. Uh, this will be held in Greenleaf, Idaho. More details can be found at airratphysiology.com camps. You can inquire further on all these things through uh, hello at airratphysiology.com or simply go to our website. All right, enough introduction. Let's get on with what matters, and that is the Bible. Today we have Colossians 3, 1 through 10. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, 
passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these things, the wrath of God is coming. In these, you too once walked when you were living in them. But now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge after the image of its creator. You can see why we have so much to talk about. Uh, there's 10 verses in there, and there is a lot to focus on. So through an application, what I'm going to do is pick out specific sections of that and uh, share my story with you a little bit through through that. As I mentioned last week, last episode, six days ago, uh, this episode's going to be fairly raw. And so uh, if, you're, if you're not a fan of words like pornography and things like that, now would be a good time to skip to the next episode. Now would be a good time to, uh, to call it a day. Um, there's going to be some personal information that I share. I'm always okay with doing that, even if you know me personally and there's something I disclosed that you didn't know about me. I hope and pray that it doesn't uh, cause you to look at me differently. I'm trying to be authentic and vulnerable, and because I've been saved in Christ, I I don't necessarily care to share uh, things. I should say that I'm not limited by that to share these things because uh, I'm past it. As I'll talk about later, I've died. Uh, it's a pr previous version of myself. So the person you know today is not the same person I'm going to be talking about through uh, the majority of the remainder of the podcast. Now, through that, other people have interacted with my story, and so I may refer to someone as a friend or a friend's wife or um, maybe a sister, a mother, a brother, whatever the case is, uh, but I'm not going to be using specific names um, because I don't want to alienate those individuals. Uh, so there's going to be a high degree of focus on myself because that's what matters as far as what I can control and what I can convey. I can't speak accurately for other individuals, um, and it's not fair to them to speak for them when they're not here to speak for themselves. So the first section that I'd like to highlight is where it says, Raised with Christ. This takes me back to the summer of 2019. Um, a few months prior... Uh, divorce proceedings had uh, begun with uh, my now ex-wife and I, and it was, as we'll see later, a repeat of patterns that had occurred in my life. And all those patterns stem from my way. I did things my way. Control freak to the T. Did things my way. If you're like that brother or sister, um, I encourage you to stop that. Hopefully my story will encourage you even further to stop that. Um, I joke and say that during prayer in the summer of 2019, I prayed to God, listen, I've done it my way 176 times and it doesn't work. And so I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm at bottom. I'm ready to succumb. I'm ready to submit. I'm ready to do it your way. And it was as simple as that in the sense that when my heart believed that, I could move forward raised with Christ, but it wasn't as simple as just saying those words. Sometimes you'll hear people say, 
say this prayer and you're saved. I don't agree with that. Uh, most issues that I have in my life come back to being a heart issue. And that was the first time in my life that my heart spoke those words, that my heart said, enough, I'm tired. I'm tired of my way. My way clearly does not work. I'm ready to do it your way. The next section I'd like to point out is that uh, minds on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. Uh, this gives us hope and peace. We understand that we should store our treasures in heaven, not on earth. We are not of this world. This is a temporary stay. This is a temporary stay for us Christians. Knowing that we are saved in Christ, that we have undergone that experience, we are destined for heaven, and this gives us peace during our earthly strife, our earthly struggles that we have here. When we feel the world bearing down on us, that's okay. We're, we're, we almost should expect that to happen because we are guests here on earth. Our home is in heaven. We are guests, and in a lot of instances, we are very much unwanted guests. Christian men, I know that you feel that in our society today with how society treats you in terms of uh, fatherness is just something that can be thrown aside, something that's not needed. The mother is far more valuable. Uh, fathers don't matter. Uh, all they're good for is a paycheck to help support things. And it feels like the world is bearing down on you. Now, none of those things that I've said just within the last few seconds are true. Fathers aren't more important than mothers. Uh, mothers aren't more important than fathers. Both have a unique God-destined uh, ability and destiny for uh, the children that they serve and the others in their life they serve and each other that they serve in their marriage. So when we feel like the world is bearing down on us, that's okay. It's, it's almost expected to be. In fact, it reminds me of a parable. This is a non-biblical parable. Uh, it's the frog. I guess the frog is becoming a, a, a parent, uh, a regular visitor on this podcast with a previous analogy. But this is a different analogy. Uh, it's the frog and the scorpion. You may have heard it. If you haven't, uh, I'll state it fairly quickly. It goes something like this. Uh, frog and scorpion are on one side of the river bank, and the frog is getting ready to hop in the river and float across or swim across. And the scorpion realizes he he can't swim; he's going to drown. And so he asks the frog, "Can I hop on your back and sort of hitch a ride over to the other side?" And the frog says, um, "No, that would be silly of me. You would just sting me." And the scorpion says. How does that make any sense? Why would I sting you when I have to get to the other side? If I sting you, we both drown. Like that doesn't, that doesn't make any sense. And the frog says, okay, that, that's a good point. That makes sense. Go ahead and hop on. And so they swim in across. And about halfway across, uh, the scorpion stings the frog. And the frog looks at the scorpion and says, why? I thought we had a deal here. I thought there was logic to this on how I was helping you. Why did you sting me? And the scorpion says, I'm a scorpion. Like, what did you expect? That's that's in my nature. That's what I'm supposed to do. I, I sting. That's what I do. And so when the earth is bearing down on us, that should be expected. That's what sin is supposed to do to us. It's supposed to destroy us. It is destroying us. Uh, we have a battle that we're in the midst of that we have to protect ourselves against. 
The next section of the scripture that I like to talk about is fairly short here. For you have died. I did. June of 2019, I mark as the end of my previous version. And even though I wasn't baptized till August of 2020, I look back and I say June-ish, maybe a little bit in May, maybe a little bit in July. But June is about the date and time that I can point to my life uh, hitting the bottom of the pendulum and swinging in a different direction, coming up the other side. Next part of scripture I'd like to highlight is to put put to death, therefore, what is earthly, excuse me, what is earthly in you. And it mentions sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness. Uh, and each of those I'd like to talk about for just a brief moment. Sexual immorality, this is where my story really kicks into gear uh, beyond the divorce that I've, I've just shared with you. Uh, when I was 11 years old, my parents divorced. And through that, I, I observed a bunch of sexual immorality. Uh, there was now no marriage. Marriage was dissolved. And there was impurity. And as an 11-year-old impressionable boy, to see the things that I saw, um, I essentially lived in a drug house for about nine months, ten months. And uh, if if there's going to be the sin of drugs entering your house, you can imagine the other types of sin that are going to enter your house. And so at a very young age, I uh, was rewired from my previous 10 years to believe that um, sex was just an act. It was just, it was like giving a hug. Um, There was no meaning to it. It was just a way of seeking validation from another person. We all feel good when we get a hug. Uh, In some ways, you feel like that person is validating you by giving you a hug. They're approving you. And so those were the first moments where I started to think of sex in an approval sort of fashion, which is incredibly wrong. The next instance where this mindset uh, amplified was about five years later, six years later with my first girlfriend. And um, uh, we had sex outside of marriage. And there was a lot of sex outside of marriage in my life in the years to come um, with a number of women. And I am partially shamed by that, partially guilty of that. But because I've been born again, um, I can ask for forgiveness for that previous life and not repeat those mistakes and not continue to perpetuate those sins and those mistakes uh, with future generations that I impact. So with my first girlfriend, um, at least I have no proof of this, but at least the way that I believed in my heart at the time what had happened was I was cheated on and she had a previous ex-boyfriend and there was a deal that happened and my heart that was covered in anger from everything that had happened previously just went straight to the worst case scenario and and assumed things. And it it may or may not be actually what happened, but uh, that's where my, my mind went. And Now I'm really cementing the victim card. Now I'm saying, okay, there was a little bit of good left in me and I decided to enter a committed relationship and look what happened. So at that point forward, my goal, my naive goal, um, clearly my brain wasn't fully developed, but my goal at that point in time was to seek the approval of women. And I did so with sex and with the sex that I could partake in with women, if I could get women to have sex with me, I would then be validated for 
the piece of junk that I was. And uh, you might think that's hard to say, harsh to say piece of junk. Um, but I believed that. I believed that if, if my own mother left me, um, who could possibly love me? And so I felt at my core that I was not necessarily a bad person, but I was, I was worthless, genuinely worthless. In fact, if you were to ask one word that would describe um, my trauma and my feelings from my youth, it would be worthless. I genuinely felt worthless. And there was a brief period of time during sexual intercourse that I would feel not worthless. And obviously, uh, I didn't learn quickly that that feeling would flee very quickly and that seeking to do it again would uh, only answer the issue for a brief period of time and it would become a habitual cycle that I would struggle with for a number of years. A lot of impurity occurred. Uh, We now know, I know now, through reading the Bible that two become one flesh. What I didn't realize is any time I participated in sexual intercourse uh, with a woman outside of marriage, the two of us were becoming one flesh. This makes more sense when I think years later, when I would have nightmares and flashbacks of previous encounters that at least at the time I thought were good encounters that I then realized were haunting me and that the devil was using it as a way to attack me. Now, I was introduced to pornography when I was probably 11 or 12, right around the time of my parents' divorce. But oddly enough, I didn't um, really succumb to it until I was in my mid-20s. Sort of after this period of time where I had sought the approval of women and had gone through that negative pattern. As I'm being haunted through nightmares and those sorts of things, and I don't mean haunted like ghosts, I'm just using it as a, what would that be, an adjective or a verb? I'm just using that as an example. Um, But I do believe demons were at work. The devil was at work with his demons. And they were putting thoughts and memories into my mind that would perpetuate sin. And so when I would think about those previous experiences, I'd feel incredibly shameful. And the only thing that I could reflect on at the time that was good, uh, which truly wasn't good, but was the brief moment where I felt approved. And that's when I found pornography again. And that's when I found that, okay, this, this doesn't have to be something that I seek uh, with women. This is something that I can seek uh, through a lens, through a pornographic lens. And it's and it's on demand, and and that's really when things went out of control for me, uh, with my sexual impurity and my immorality, is I had something that was available all the time, uh, at any point in time, and a few years later I was married, and I brought that into the marriage, and uh, and I take full responsibility for that. That was wrong of me. That was something that led to um, at least part of the demise of the marriage, and. Uh, And I don't blame the people that have been hurt by pornography uh, for their feelings. I used to think that it's just me in pornography. How am I hurting anyone? But through a a class I took through Pure Desire Ministries, and if you're struggling with pornography, I highly recommend that you look into Pure Desire Ministries. 
there is a book called Pure Desire, and they have a course uh, that you can go through. Uh, they're taught all over the country with men's groups. Um, a lot of times you pay for the books and that's it. Otherwise, it's a free course, and they help you through this process. And it wasn't until this point in time that I took the course and things really sunk in. And actually, within, well, about two, three months before I started the course, I had stopped my pornographic addiction. But I, but I in no way felt uh, healed from it and completely um, apart from it. It wasn't until a few weeks into that course that I really felt like I had a grip on getting through that. And so I'd highly recommend you look into that uh, at the very least the book. Uh, I have a friend on the other side of the country that I have recommended the book to, and he has been communicating with me through phone and text and is, uh, is telling me how impactful the book is for him in this moment in time. And I remember years ago how impactful it was for me. This section of scripture also mentions passion. Um, I don't know that I had a ton of passion in a sinful way. Um, I just felt lost in the girlfriend experience. And so I would, I would seek women and go through that butterfly period of time and get lost in it. I would decide that I'm going to be committed to this woman for a brief period of time. Um, of course, at the time, I thought it was going to be a longer period of time, but it ended up a lot of times being a brief period of time, generally due to my fault. And uh, I got lost in that. So even if it was a bad match and my friends were like, yeah, I don't know about this girl, uh, I was lost in the girlfriend experience, which is the closest thing I felt to, to passion from a sinful perspective. The evil desires, um, you know, this is actually a period of hope for me because I realized that there's always been a small light flickering within my heart. Um, there's always been a <clears throat> guilty feeling that I've had through these experiences. And I believe that's what helped pull me through these experiences. And uh, I'm so thankful that that light never flickered out. Um, I could easily sit here and play the victim and try and play up the story of my parents' divorce and uh, boo-hoo, what is me, woe is me, and, and what had happened. Um, and it no doubt had an effect, but now at this period of the story, I'm an adult. I need to take responsibility for my own actions. Even if cognitively I'm not um, 100% uh, fully developed from a frontal lobe standpoint, by legal definition, I'm adult, and uh, I need to I need to get through this. In another podcast, we'll talk about forgiveness, and I'll kind of walk you through what I went through to forgive those who had affected me. Uh, but as a brief, short summary, the interesting thing about trauma is one person does something that's traumatic to another person, and generally they leave the situation, sometimes to never be heard of again. I've spoken to my mom less than 10 times in the last 25 years. So basically, she's gone. And uh, I don't get calls. I don't get letters saying, I'm so sorry. How can I rep uh, repair the situation? How can I remove the trauma from you? That very, very rarely happens. But for a victim, who I was the majority of my life, uh, we want that. We want somebody to come make it all better. 
And it generally does not happen that way. And so there had to be a period of my point in time where I had to say, listen, all I can control is myself. And even if I don't feel the want to forgive, at minimum, I have to fake it until I make it. And forgiving my mother uh, led to forgiving uh, a lot of people, including myself, which is probably the most important one, forgiving myself for all the things that I'd done. It is amazing how much things have changed. My 20s are so different from my 30s. And uh, I'm sure that it will continue down that pattern through my 40s and 50s and so on. The last thing it mentions is covetness. Um, we'll again dedicate a future podcast to this, um, coveting money and other things and how I've recovered through that. All these stories I share because the best person, I heard this on a podcast last week, the best person you can serve is the previous version of yourself. And so if you're struggling with pornography, I can help you. If you're struggling with coveting money, I can help you. If you're struggling with impurity, um, sexual immorality, I can help you. If you're struggling with selfishness, I can help you, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And the last sentence of this section, Colossians 3, 1 through 10, uh, talks about put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self. And that's what really led me to this section of scripture to investigate further is there couldn't be more truer words that have been spoken about my life. There was an old self, he died, and there's a new self. Put off the old self with its practices. Everything that I've just described to you from the brief account of my story overview, put away those old practices. Those are not me. They're not of me anymore. I have zero of those desires anymore. I have zero desires for pornography today. I have zero desires for other women today. Uh, I used to. In my previous marriage, in my previous life, I used to see an attractive woman and my eyes were drawn that way and it became sin because I was looking at my neighbor's wife. I was coveting my neighbor's wife. That doesn't happen anymore. I can speak to that with absolute certainty and absolute truth. That doesn't happen to me. I'm now at the point where if I see something provocative on TV, I turn the other way or I turn the TV off. At minimum, I turn the other way. At most, I turn the TV off or I change the channel. And uh, my wife has, has told me that she really appreciates that. Um, and I'm happy to do that for her. But selfishly, I'm really doing it for myself and my own salvation uh, because I know where that can lead. And, uh, and Jesus says that if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. It's better to go to heaven with one eye than it is to have sin permeate through your body. And so I do as much as I can to try and eliminate sin and that influence from my life. And I'd love to share with you how I do that. So the desires of my predecessor, my previous version of myself, are clearly different than that of me. I have been made new. When a decision is to be made, I always recommend that you seek prayer, you seek scripture, and you seek wise counsel. 
Again, if you need prayer, reach out at erroratphysiology.com. Excuse me, prayer at erroratphysiology.com. Uh, and if you need wise counsel, reach out at hello at erroratphysiology.com. We're here to serve you. We're here to help you. We thank you for staying tuned for a little bit longer podcast here today. Um, there are a number of topics that I will take forward, both from episode two and episode three, to continue this podcast with other topics. If there are other things that you would like to speak on, please email at one of the previously stated emails. And I will look at that and I will measure it up with the Bible and what the Bible says and uh, create a podcast on it. Uh, It's the least I can do to share my experiences and to serve you, uh, my friends and loved ones. As we always do, let's conclude with the Lord's Prayer. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen.